Well, here I am again, and it is another episode. This thing, this podcast just keeps going on, and you know what? I'm loving it. Um, sometimes I think I'm going to run out of run out of uh, ideas. The, the shop is going to close my head, but uh, nope, it stays open. Um, but with that said, welcome to Radical Humanity. My name is Ben Hoover, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is something I get to do for fun. And I I think, honestly, I am enjoying doing these, these podcast episodes more and more. I am finding myself, this. there's this expansion going on in my, my creative dimension, and... Um, yeah, I'm doing these series, little mini-series within this, poetry reading, which is what this, uh, episode is, uh, and, uh, you know, so I have a couple series that I, one, I, I just started doing, another one, I'm, I'm, uh, I have, have it, uh, I have it saved on my website, almost ready to publish, I gotta just do some fine-tuning, um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying this, it, 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 something has opened up in me and I'm, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. So, and I love being able to post my writings. Writing is something that, uh, is really near and dear to me. I sucked at it in high school and actually I, I sucked in terms when, in terms of, uh, going outside the lines of, of actually, no, I did, did that well going outside the lines of structured writing. Um, but I, I failed in the, in the context of trying to stick to the, the structure that school wants you to stick to. And, you know, man, I, I gotta be honest. Let me, let me give a little PSA here. I wish, I wish schools were different in the sense that it wasn't about just ingesting information, getting grades, that it was, it actually was the soil, some of the soil, uh, in our community that actually, uh, helped us find ourselves. It wasn't about trying to master, uh, uh, grades and percentages, but that it was, it was about, um, it was about growing in our, our real development. And I think there are some schools out there that do that. But anyway, all that to say is that, uh, enough of that little, uh, I'm gonna step off my podium there, but, and I, I speak from personal experience because for me, I mean, I, I did well in school and I got I got good grades, but man, I busted my ass at times, and uh, it didn't come easy to me in a lot of ways. And I just wish that there was an environment that cultivated really more creativity, more finding yourself, and 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 gearing towards our uniqueness and idiosyncratic uh, nature. And um, I don't know if it does that, and I hope eventually that changes, but. Uh, all that to say is that for me, I didn't do well, uh, in the context of the standards school set when it came to writing, but I love writing a lot. And one of the expressions of writing is poetry for me and poetry, man, I, I actually, it's been probably a month since I've, I've had a written a piece of poetry um, but I have, I think, 10 pieces, and that reminds me, I have one that I wrote on love, I need to do a podcast episode too, so, um, I realized that I had a few 
poems that I haven't read and then give given some commentary to uh, in in a podcast episode. So I am doing that in this episode. And if you haven't uh, experienced one of these, uh, what I do is I read a poem that I've written, and then I give uh, I give a little behind the scenes uh, commentary on what that what this means to me. And I like reading it first because uh, I, I I don't want to I don't want to explain it. Rather, it just you read it, you have your own experience, you interpret it the way you interpret it. But then I share where it was coming from. And, you know, I mean, it's an art piece, right? With a lot of things are creative, you know, uh, it, it, there's, it, it's, it's art. And it comes from the creator's inspiration, obviously. There's an origin story behind that. But when you put it out in the world, people get to interpret it the way they interpret it. And certain pieces will stand out and hit and will, and will bring the, the, the recipient into some of their own personal uh, experiences and dimensions and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, as I said, I love writing and poetry for me has just, uh, amplified that love for writing. And I love actually taking experiences of my life or certain concepts and, uh, putting it in this kind of form. Uh, it's very different than conceptual, uh, doing a conceptual piece. Um, even though I do enjoy that as well. And there's a poetic flow in the way I write, even those conceptual pieces. But uh, on that note, let me read, and then I'll give some commentary there. So get yourself ready, cross those legs, turn off the lights, put some candles on, do some incense, whatever you do to get in the mood for poetry, or don't, just listen to it in your car or running. Um, Yes, so... Be prepared for this one. This isn't this isn't some light-hearted, jovial, feather in the wind sort of writing here. So, uh, this one is called the silenced voice. That doesn't get you all chilled and euphoric. Um, here we go. A child without a womb, a stranger amidst the recognized, home dissolves, unknown paths away from shelter. Nomadic wandering, the one who sees cannot return. Awakening inside, truth that cannot hide. Revolts against secrets, anxious tremors when reality is suppressed. Banished from consciousness. The mouth that speaks risks catastrophic ends. Unsettled quakes consumes the self until uncensored release. Into the air, truth is dispersed, ravaged by containment's curse. Bury it deep, avoid honest speech, disrupts the manufactured peace, shakes safety's artificiality, disillusions, constructed illusions, fantasies is where we hide. Don't touch the wound, quiet the hurt, blacklist anger, censor hate, saccharine campaigns beckoning to tolerate, suffocated truths energize nuclear blasts, concoctions of hate and helplessness alchemize bombs and bullets, prohibitions around pain's origins give birth to violent acts diffusion. The terrorist must be destroyed, quarantine the unemployed, employ pesticide to eradicate society's weeds, causing interference to our comfort's needs. Avoid the mirror the despised hold up. The enemy's face poignantly seeps into our soul. The disruptor, an anomaly that shakes the confines of security. Hidden realities felt within. Mounting pressure destroys the lock. 
Will we heed the prophecy of the miscreant's creed that blatantly calls us to see the seed, to plunge into the underground and touch where all these wars are found? Slit the throat of the voice proclaiming toxicity. Slay the lamb, exile the goat, inoculate disease so the system is restored to peace. But in the eyes of the ostracized reflects the self mired by secret, the inner self infantilized, unspoken truths that writhe the soul. An impediment to society's gain, now a savior to unfinished pain, a whole seduced by object's pleasure, enslaves the world, toxifies the weather. Turn off the news, immerse in cinematic fantasy, but the rebel infuses itself, finding insidious ways to enter into illusions intoxicant days, and settle the dust, a reverie, only to find that villain lives also in me. little pause. Heartwarming, right? <laughs> oh, man, I don't go alight here. I tell you what. Um, you know, I say that, that these, every poem is my favorite, and it is. It's favorite. It's a favorite in its own way. Um, this, gosh, where do I go with this one? Um, there's so much meaning in this, but, uh, um, how do I distill this? Uh, so clearly this is, this is personal, but it's also what I experienced on a global level. Um, this has to do with quieting the truths inside, um, and what happens when we do, uh, when we stuff our anger and we stuff our our hate, our rage down, which uh, uh, we experience in our societies and our families that um, uh, want us to censor it, want us to keep quiet, want us to be nice, want us to be polite, not address things. It gets shut down or judged or whatnot, that what happens is when those truths live inside of us, they start seeping out in other ways towards ourselves, or it gets even bigger than that, global, more destructive on a, on a larger national level. And so when we don't actually touch these things, we don't come into contact when we avoid this, it, it comes out in bigger, more destructive blasts, which is what I'm talking about in terms of wars that are started, right? The, the, um, uh, the wep- uh, what our, our anger becomes weaponized in the sense that instead of addressing the truth, the hurts within, the wounds, uh, those that has created the actual wounds, it becomes diffuse. It goes outward. It, it, uh, it goes into misdirected areas. Uh, it, it, touches, uh, it, it touches areas outside of ourselves that are unrelated to the hurt who, who created that. Um, and, and that's the thing when I, in the, in the beginning, when I talk about, you know, um, wandering away from home, waking up and not being able to unsee things anymore. Um, you you can't, you can't stuff that stuff back inside once you start to become aware of this truth in yourself. And once you become aware of that in yourself, you begin to be able you begin to see that out in the world. Ah, that is created from this root, from this seed, most likely, um, and, and that's the thing is when you become uh, boldly aware of that in yourself, like, as I have in myself, I start to see this as I start to see how that gets manifested out in the world. For instance, when I bury my anger and rage, there's these violent fantasies that go on in my head, things I'd love to do, things I want to destroy, right? And then that gets enacted. Obviously, we see that in, in the society at large. 
And, um, and so because these truths need expression, these feelings need to have release. Um, and we, we, uh, unfortunately when we censor that in our society and in our families and whatnot, it comes out in these massively destructive ways. And then, uh, and then also the, the, the scapegoats of society, the terrorists, the, the, uh, or homeless or whatever it is we try to quarantine or destroy or extinguish or the very things that are mirrors that reflect that, that these in itself aren't the problem, they're the manifestation of deeper problems in society. And are we willing to look at that? Are we willing to look at that in ourselves? And I, I don't mean that in a, a condemning way. I mean that in the sense of, um, do we, are we willing to travel deeper? Of what is, what is, what is this reflecting in me? And again, I don't, I don't mean that with some harsh evaluative uh, um, critique about that. Uh, but, but for me, I guess I've begun to see that these things in society that we try to extinguish and create wars over and destroy and, you know, people will uh, high-five each other over uh, terrorists being killed, and but yet there's so much, you know, we feel a sense of peace about that, and, and but at the same time for me, I feel unsettled about that. It's not that I uh, condone that, um, but at the same time, is that the answer, you know? And, and what if that is created out of more insidious problems in our society, in our world. And, uh, and so I feel as though, for me, my uh, and many may disagree with this, but uh, for me, I, I feel the, when I say, like, will we heed the prophecy of the miscreant's creed, is that those that act out in society, whether it's on a localized uh, scale or it's a, 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 a worldwide global scale, is that these uh, disruptions are asking us, and when I say disruption, I don't mean to dehumanize someone, but but those that are the disruptors, and I don't think that they're in, consciously know that they're disrupting uh, or what they are disrupting, but they're um, but they're they're interruptions in our in our systems that we create of comfort and security and safety, and are we are we willing to boldly look at that and say what is this what is this communicating to us as a whole? What's off? Um, and so for me, that's the, when I say the villain lives in me, right? Or, or uh, when I say we can, we can immerse ourselves in fantasy and cinema. And again, those aren't bad things. But sometimes for me in my life, it's, it's for a while, I would kind of um, cover over reality in a lot of ways. Uh, and, uh, and then I, and it's easy for me to judge those that are, the mass hates, the masses hate and despise and want to quarantine or extinguish or, uh, you know, exterminate from society, from the world. And, and for me, I realized that the, this villain lives in me. And what I mean by that is that I'm connected to that person. They're teaching me something. What does that mean for me? What is that, their story, how is that connected to mine? Um, uh, and, and I feel like that, you know, when, when uh, a reference point to that is when Jesus talks about, you know, the, the, uh, the despise in society, that, that those, that's where he is. And what he means by that is that uh, what he was saying in that is that I'm, I'm one with everyone. I'm one with the world, with the universe, with myself. Like, we're all connected. And so many of us don't see that. Um, and so will we wake up to that? And even, uh, actually, Rob Bell did this incredible 
uh, in his book, What is the Bible? Um, there's this section where he talks about the Good Samaritan. And I read this book, uh, a part of this book, when I was camping a couple years ago. And I read it at night. I had my, uh, my headlamp on, and I was reading this section. And I just, I wept when I read this. It was so powerful. It was so... And that's the thing is when, when there isn't this judgment, it stirs something in our soul. It, it wakes something up. Judgment, when people judge one another, we judge ourselves, it causes us to constrict, to close up, to go away, to pull away from ourselves. Um, but when I read this, there wasn't judgment in this. What Rob Bell had discovered was this good Samaritan. We, we, we focus so much on a certain element in the story, this, this good Samaritan and, you know, and... and uh, and we can, and, and sure, we can extract messages from that, but um, what Rob Bell discovered was that actually wasn't the point of the parable, that when Jesus talked about this good Samaritan, um, uh, he, this parable was being shared with this one man, um, and it was shared to him for a reason. And in this parable, uh, if people don't know that, um, read it. But the Good Samaritan is uh, where uh, uh, there's this man who's been badly wounded, beaten up by robbers, and left on the side of the road, um, bloodied and broken down, broken. And uh, and it, he's passed over by like by a priest or a rabbi or whatnot. And 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 yet there's this Good Samaritan. Now the Samaritans. Uh, to, to the Jews, um, or certain uh, Jewish culture, the, the Samaritans were uh, villainized, they were hated, they were despised people in the world, and so Jesus talks about this good Samaritan coming, and he's the one that goes and cares for the man who is beaten down, and uh, and and cares, and, and it, it's, the, the description of that is that this good Samaritan just really cares for the wounds, uh, um, gives this man like soothing oil and whatnot uh, to to mend um, to mend the the injuries, and and you know obviously saying that this that this this good this cares and all it, all of us it's universal it's not a part of some tribe, um, but the whole point was actually that parable was to challenge the man because when he when Jesus asked. Who, who did good, basically, right? Who, you know, who did this good deed? Um, the man's response was the one who took care of the man. And it's easy to look over that and say, oh, yeah, well, he, you know, yeah, he, of course, that was obvious. But what's not obvious, what we miss, is that actually Jesus was challenging this man and his own hate for the Samaritans. And... Uh, for that, for that whole group and that culture, and what he, what Rob Bell uh, deduced from that was that what happens when we hate someone? We don't even want to speak their name. We don't even want to give any, very any mention or credit to them. And so this man, when he references, when he answers Jesus's question of, of you know, who did the good deed, who took care of this man, he says, or he's, um, I have God. I should look up the question. That's not what Jesus asked exactly. But, um, but the man responded and gave the answer and said, the, the one who took care of him. Um, and, uh, and what Rob Bell uh, emphasized in that is that the man who hated the Samaritans couldn't even say the Samaritan. And, and so that, um, and that uh, I, man, that got me crying. And the reason why, it was so profound and it woke something up in me 
that I because I loved his discovery and his exploration of really seeking this out and finding this and unearthing what he believed Jesus was communicating, what this whole story was about. We get lost in the parable, but the parable was actually um, unearthing something in this man and unearthing something in us that we carry this hate. But what does this hate mean? Where does this hate really come from? We misdirect it onto people, other people in society, and the, the often scapegoated. But what if this hate is something that's deeper, more connected to our own personal experiences and upbringings and whatnot? So, um, whew, didn't know I'd go into that. So, that's a lot of what this poem is addressing and expressing. And um, so, um, yes. So, if this doesn't warm your soul and get you bursting with energy in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what, what will. Um, yes, it's not, it's not light. Um, it certainly touches on um, some deeper, more intense experiences and topics. So, um, let's see. Is there anything more to say on that? No, I don't think there is. Oh, yeah. So, oh, that was it. Was that, yes, these... Uh, quote-unquote scapegoats of society, the, the villainized or the ones that reflect, uh, and I mean even the homeless or whatnot, well, whatever it is that we judge, that we hate, that we want to try to eradicate and, and uh, make better and without, uh, without actually revealing something in us, revealing, like, going deeper. What does this stir in me? What is, why is this reaction there? Why do I hate this person? Why... You know, it, it, it's meant to create self-reflection. And inside, right, we'll find ourselves young. When I say the inner self infantilized, I mean that part of us young. The, the voice is unexpressed in us. The hate is really not about them. It's about those that hurt us. And when we harbor that inside, it keeps us stunted um, and, and, uh, and uh, constricted and constrained, suffocating inside. So... Um, and yeah, and I noticed that even in myself when I, I noticed that with me when I'll, I'll pull into or I'll, I'll pull up and wait at a light and there's someone who's homeless or maybe poor or whatnot and they're on the street corner and they have a sign um, and I can feel myself start to turn with discomfort. I, there's this guilt that comes in with me that I don't like. Um, I, don't, I don't like guilt. Like there's a judgment in that that says I'm, there's something wrong, but there's something where I look at that person and there's, I don't know what it is. I haven't yet discovered what my reaction is, where there's this discomfort. Maybe that's it that I feel like I have to give. And the truth is I don't want to. And not that, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just is, um, I think I make that wrong. Um, and so it's an interesting reaction I have. I don't even want to judge that. I, I don't want to judge it or evaluate it or say what it should or shouldn't be. It's just, it's interesting that I notice that, that there's this, there's this stirring in me that comes up. Um, and sometimes there's an anger that comes up or I'll get judgmental. I'm like, well, you know, you get your life together. I mean, that's, that will be my reaction at times. And it's usually in reaction to some discomfort in me. Maybe underneath there's some pain of seeing someone in agony. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm processing this out loud as we go on or as I go on. But anyway, on that cheery note, um, no, I hope that this, I don't know, hope this stirs something in you. Um, I really like this poem. So on that note, till next time.